You're listening to the Fear Free Childbirth Podcast with me, Alexia Leachman. Let me help you to take the fear out of pregnancy, birth and beyond with a mix of real life stories and experts sharing their wisdom. I'll also be sharing psychology insights to help you to cultivate a fearless mindset. Be inspired and be empowered with Fear Free Childbirth. And now it's time for the show. Hello and welcome back to the Fear Free Childbirth Show. My name is Alexa Leachman. Thank you so much for joining me today. Now on today's show, I've got a story for you. Someone who overcome tocophobia and is currently expecting baby number two. So today I'm joined by Heather. Now Heather is a therapist who was suffering from severe tocophobia to the point that she wasn't even sure if she wanted kids. This was the question that was plaguing her when she decided to do one of my group programs. And uh, she went through the process that I've developed to clear her fears. And this enabled her to make the decision that yes, she did want to try for a family. Then they got pregnant and then she had baby number one and then decided to have baby number two. So Heather is coming on the show today to share her story. What tocophobia was like for her you know, what, what she experienced and how it showed up in her life, what that journey was like in overcoming it. And today, you know, what that gives her in terms of a perspective, also from a therapist's perspective as well, on the condition that is tocophobia. So if you're suffering from tocophobia, I hope that this is a very inspiring conversation to listen to. But if you're a professional that supports women on this journey, then hopefully you'll gain some insights as to what tocophobia is all about and how it shows up. And if you're interested in doing the group programme that Heather did, then I'm opening that at the moment. So if you're interested in joining, getting rid of your tocophobia among a group of other women also facing this and doing this together, then head over to the Fear Free Childbirth site where you will find details for the tocophobia clearance group programme. And if you'd prefer to work with me on your own, then the tocophobia support programme is my most popular programme at the moment for those that want one-to-one support. Okay, so back to the show. And here is the time that I spoke to Heather all about her journey in overcoming tocophobia and having babies. But let's just start at the beginning. What was tocophobia like for you when you were in the throes of it? Yes, and well, in the initially, I probably didn't know it was tocophobia, to be fair. I, I just... Um, didn't know that word to begin with. It was just that I hated children, hated the thought of being pregnant, hated the idea that it was not for me in any way. And we just try to avoid all contact with, with birth or, or new babies completely. Um, because yeah. it, it, it literally sent me into a panic. I, um, I remember dizziness, sweating, <laughs> Uh, just feeling like I was going to faint whenever there was any discussion of somebody being pregnant or or giving birth. It was quite physically overwhelming. And was that always like that for you since you were a teenager or like even younger? Yeah, from, I can't remember when I was really little, but um, yeah, I certainly remember, I, I don't know if this kicked it off, I don't want to say that, but I, I remember a cousin of mine had just given birth. I was a young teenager at the time and she was telling her birth story and and I had to be taken out of the room my mum had to to take me out because I was about to faint I just this sounds awful absolutely horrific so that was maybe 13 14 years old is the first time I really remember it 
And so at what point did you realize that what you were suffering from was a, a was a thing? Was a was a was or was there a point where you thought, oh my God, am I just completely crazy? Yeah, I just thought I was really strange because like women are supposed to want to have babies and every other woman, you know, seemed to love the idea of having a, a baby. And I I just thought so differently. I thought I must just be really strange. Like I couldn't identify with anybody really um, because I couldn't imagine why anybody would ever want to be pregnant. So it left me just feeling a bit odd and different, I guess. And I couldn't really say that to anybody. But for those listening, Heather is pregnant right now with her baby number two. Yes. <laughs> uh, absolutely, which is a position. <laughs> um, 20 years ago, like what we were talking about just now, I would never, ever have thought possible. And now I'm quite happy about it. So <laughs> there you go. So you were, yeah, so you couldn't handle the idea of pregnancy. So no. at what point did you realise that that you had this thing, that it had a name, that you had it? That, yeah. What was your that discovery process like for you? How did you come about to learn about tocophobia? I think it, it was just kind of around the time I was I was getting married, probably. Um because I, I just thought, well, well, I hate children. I don't want to be a mother. I, I just don't want that. So I never really researched into it because I just thought that was the decision that I'd made. But then when my, my husband was keen to have children, that eh, sent me into a kind of spiral of high anxiety. And I started looking it up. As you do, you Google things and start to research what's out there. So it was probably around that time which maybe now is about four four or five years ago yeah now um, and that's when I started to come across mainly your work in terms of the podcasts and, and this word talkophobia um, which was quite revolutionary to think there was a word for it I wasn't just this old character that hated kids so once you once you realized that it was a thing and that did you self-diagnose or did you go and see somebody, a professional, to get you to diagnose you? I mean, what was your, you know, to make that shift from, oh, there's this thing, and actually that's what I've got. Like, was that confirmed to you externally, or did you make that decision? How how did that unfold? Yeah, I had been to see um, a therapist in the past. That word was never used. We were just talking around, I suppose, the decision-making of having children, the idea of being a parent more so, but it was never really about the the fear and the talkophobia. So no, I just read it myself and just every single line I identified with it made complete sense to me. So it was a self-diagnosis um, at that point. Yeah. And um, so once you realised you had it, then what was your like what what were you going through then? You're like, oh my God, this isn't, I'm not, did it was it like I'm not weird. This is a thing. Like what what was going on through your mind at that point? It was just it was quite nice to think that other people maybe felt the same way. Not that I wanted other people to suffer like that, but it was nice to think, well, maybe there is a kind of community out there of people that that feel the same, that this isn't just me. And maybe mm-hmm. I can talk to someone about it who might understand a little bit. So it was, there was a bit of a weight off at that point, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, to think I wasn't just alone with this because actually... Yeah, I guess looking for therapists or, or places to go in the past, that word was never mentioned. So I never really knew who to go to speak to, mm. um, you know, apart from kind of general anxiety and stuff like that. 
there wasn't really a specialist if you like no so does that mean that when you did speak to therapists that they were kind of they weren't really hitting the mark in terms of really what they were saying about what you might be something that really resonate with well they don't quite get it they don't quite realize how strong this is was there like were they missing it somehow is that what that was like I think so because I, I think you know well childbirth pregnancy it's quite a scary thing anyway a lot of women are are quite nervous of it so mm. there would always maybe a bit of dismissiveness not intentionally in other people but just a bit like oh yeah it's normal to be a bit scared of of giving birth but it's fine you know just kind of yeah. it'll be fine yeah they didn't really realize the the absolute terror that gripped me I didn't think yeah. so that terror that gripped you describe that a little bit for those let's say those therapists listening so they get a real handle on what how this showed up for you well, it, it it was phobic. Um, as a therapist myself, it was a phobia. That's absolutely right. It was whenever being presented by the the thing, it it was the physical sensations of wanting to faint, heart racing, panic, anxiety. I mean, I couldn't sleep at night thinking about it. I would avoid everything to do with it. I would take myself out of situations. I couldn't watch things on TV that would start to panic me if I saw stories about something or, or television programs. Just like if someone scared of spiders or except babies and families and pregnant women are everywhere in a way that spiders quite not. And you're actually you're meant to like yeah. <laughs> pregnant people and you're meant to go towards them, whereas being scared of spiders, I guess, is, is this, yeah. <laughs> and so what was that like for you in terms of friends? family you know people sharing scans on Facebook uh you know parent-in-laws or whoever family members go oh you know when you know asking the question are you gonna be a you know when are you gonna have kids you know all of that pressure that women have around kids and family and all of that what was that like for you I think I've just always been so certain to everybody I'm never having children so family and friends sort of knew that about me yeah um, and and so the fact that I've got a baby, they were completely shocked. So they never really pushed it. But but I suppose more strangers, um, people who weren't so close to me, it was just a bit, it was frustrating all yeah. the time. It was, again, it was just kind of like not being listened to. Um, I wouldn't tell them the level of fear that I felt, though. You know, I just kind of pretend, oh, I don't want that. You know, I want to be free and do my own thing and... Yeah, yeah, yeah. You dress it up, you rationalise yeah. it, you make it okay that you don't want kids. I, I, I yeah. love that as well. Yeah. yeah. And what about with relationships then in terms of, you know, partners and, and that the conversation? I don't know, like, did you have the kids conversation and, and, and did you have that before with other partners? I mean, what would what was that like for you? The, the sort of the broaching of this and the, the kind of the, the knowing that, oh, my God, there's going to be a point where we're going to have to talk about this so it's going to be on the cards possibly and how that how did that affect you in the relationship I think that the main way it affected relationships was I mean I for a long time really struggled to have sexual intercourse that I think the terror was for me was so high of getting pregnant um my body just tensed up and literally closed up I, I really struggled with that side of relationships yeah um, because of a fear of getting pregnant, yeah. ultimately. So that caused the strain and difficulties in relationships, obviously. Um, and yeah, I guess luckily 
previous partners hadn't been that bothered about having kids. Mm. So it hadn't really come up in that way, but I, I guess the, the sexual side of things yeah. um, made it difficult and I, I did try to seek help for that. But again, because the professionals at that time didn't know it was tocophobia, yeah. it, it was treated in a very different way that wasn't really helpful. So it didn't really work because they weren't really going to the root of what it was. Yeah, exactly. Um, so it, it was, again, kind of misunderstanding. <laughs> I didn't really yeah. um, feel that, that they knew what was going on in my head, even though I tried to explain it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Do you, do you think you knew what was going on in your head? So you were explaining it, but do you think you kind of, did you know what was going on? Or, or was it a bit puzzling and a bit like, well, I don't understand why I'm feeling this way. Like how much of that did you know or were you aware of? It was really puzzling to begin with, I think. Um, because obviously, well, you know, I'm talking when I'm much younger and, you know, not now, it's totally different. But but back then, you know, you you want to be out having sex in your relationships. And, you know, there was like a part of me that really wanted to do that. But then it was like my body was like, no, absolutely not. Um, which was really upsetting and confusing because I, I didn't quite put two and two together then. But um, then I guess, you know, I would do things like, start taking the morning after pill excessively or you know use different types of contraception all at once because I didn't trust that one would be enough you know that kind of thing yeah um, so I guess it, it dawned on me a bit more as I was thinking about it that this probably has to do with a fear of preg- getting pregnant so then let's shift to the time or that that period where you've figured out what you've got what's going on and you're like right I think I need to sort this out I want to sort this out so talk us through that that phase for you yeah again that I probably buried my head in the sand completely and thought you know I got engaged so we were going to be married and and I thought oh you know my husband he won't want kids um but we hadn't stupidly hadn't had the conversation (laughs) yeah snap (laughs) and that was obviously my avoidance coming in again and then he, he had a throwaway comment like, oh, yeah, you know, we'll get married, then we'll have kids, you know, the year after or whatever. <laughs> I was like, what? Um, and just sent me into a spot. Um, high anxiety for probably about a year. Um, I, but as I say, I started researching and thought, I need to sort this out because I, I actually want to be with this person and I want this to work out. So I need to kind of get my head around it. So I did start taking it more seriously then. Okay. And then what was that like for you when you, because I, I know that there's a lot of women that approach me and they, they inquire and they're like, oh, you know, and then they don't, they find it really hard to, to actually shift into, okay, I'm actually going to do, I'm going to sign up. I'm going to do it. I'm going to yeah. sort this out because the, the fear is so great that even just starting or even the, the possibility of having to kind of face up to these fears is too great. And they, they kind of, they can't sign up. They, they, well, they, I've had people book, sign up, pay, and then they never show up ever for a session because they're so terrified. So just talk us through that. That What was that bit like for you? That kind of, oh, my God, am I going to do this? Like, <laughs> take a deep breath, go. It's like that psyching yourself up. What was that like? Yeah, it, it was scary. But in a way, I, I kind of maybe fooled myself and thought, well, I'll just do this and then I'll see how I feel about it. So I wasn't kind of telling myself at that point, well, I'm, this is going to result in me having a child. 
Yeah. I'm just going to do what I can and put everything into figuring this out and understanding it. So I was willing to do that, I guess, for the sake of my relationship, because I really wanted that to work out. Um, but actually, I was quite, there was a bit oh, of excitement within the fear as well, because I thought, well, I'm going to talk to people who know what this is and who have this as well. And there was something quite comforting in that too. Mm. Um, just to kind of talk to people who understood it. So yeah. I felt okay about starting the work, but still at that point, never thinking that I would actually go on to, to get pregnant. Really. Yeah. So I'll just find out about this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm just sort of getting some info in and getting some info. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and they kind of look like I'm doing something about it so that I could tell yeah. them. I'm, I'm it's like I said, I made an effort. <laughs> exactly. I'll make an effort and then I'll still say no at the end of it, but at least I'll have tried. And now look at the mess you're in. You're in a second pregnancy. That didn't work out so well. I know. Sorry. Hello. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> so so basically you signed up for one of my group programs. Mm-hmm. Where, so there's a group of you all going through clearing your fears together of that month together. Yeah. So what was that like? for you that process of kind of confronting your fears and kind of going through the process of yeah yeah confronting it clearing them you know talking to others what's that process like I, mean, I think I went into it honestly thinking this will never work like I just didn't really think anything would work or come of it so I, I maybe have quite low expectations yeah to begin with um but then it, it just did start working and I still don't quite know <laughs> the the ins and outs of that but it did and and actually I really relished the calls I loved the calls um there was four or five other women on it and just being able to talk openly like this like I've never told anybody this stuff mm. um you know good friends family members a couple of them know I've got a bit of a fear but actually being able to be really honest was amazing for me, I, I love those calls. And not get judged, because I think a lot of women expect you to want kids, love kids. And then when you don't, there's a lot of there's a lot of judgment around that when, when you come and say I don't. And so to be in an environment where there isn't that is Yeah, and actually for people, you know, if you do say it to anyone, they're like, Oh, it'll be fine, it'll be fine. Yeah. You know, everybody's scared of of giving birth. It'll yeah. but that just didn't really hit it. Whereas when I could talk to them. <laughs> Didn't say it would be fine, but not in a negative way, but just really understood where the fear was coming from. That was really comforting and supportive. So how, you said, and then it started working. So how quickly did that start working for you? Like, at what point did you start noticing a shift in in how you were feeling? Like, the glimmers of, like, the light started cracking through kind of thing. At what point, how, how long did that take for you? I think I, I remember I started your program, I think, around the January time. Mm. Um, and then, well, by that October, I was pregnant. So, yeah. um, but I guess Glimmer's like, I, I would just then start to, you know, I, I was on your website where there was all the videos and the, the talks and things like that. And I yeah. was quite eager to watch them all the time, which is something I would have avoided completely. In the past, you know, so within a month or two, I was I was really into all that and it was quite all consuming. Yeah. And so even just going towards that kind of information mm. was quite a shift. Um yeah. 
And then I think probably by kind of May, June time, I don't remember exactly, but I think it's sort of agreed, okay, I will try to get pregnant. I put a date on it. I said, I'll start trying in September because I wanted to go on this sort of last holiday, I thought, <laughs> before my life was <laughs> <laughs> So I, I kind of put a date in place then. And then came back and we did that. Yeah, yeah. And I, I am I right in thinking or remembering that you noticed that you started to sleep better as a result of doing the work that we did? And the yeah, other went down as well. Absolutely, because for the year prior to that, I was an anxious mess. I, I'd be up in the middle of the night crying. Um, I just was not sleeping at all. Um, it, it was really awful. It kind of took over mm. all my thoughts because I was so stuck in this indecision and not knowing and not knowing what to do and where to go. Yeah. So, yeah, I was sleeping better. Um, my husband certainly noticed the difference when I was doing the, the clearances. I was much calmer. Um, even before I'd made the final decision, I think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So the so the even though that the tocophobia brought you to the table, as it were, to get you to do the work, <laughs> the impact of that work was beyond the tocophobia. Would that be fair to say? Well, yeah, I think so, because I was just a good bit less <laughs> anxious in general. Yeah. Um, yeah. And you know, as I've said to you, even since then you know, given up my job, gone self-employed, all these things that would have been real fears for me in the past. I think I was always quite held back by fear yeah. and taking risks and, you know, things that are out of control, all the stuff in pregnancy that yeah. you fear, the, the being out of control, the unknown. Yeah. You know, it's the same with, with work and things like that. So there's been difference in, in those areas as well. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, so looking, so, so you went, you had baby number one mm. and so... The thing that you feared the most that was terrifying to you, what was it like sort of approaching that, you know, like now confronting the reality of this thing that is terrifying, like terrorised you like half your life kind of thing, most yeah. of your life. What was, you know, like, what was that like? I think there was probably still a little bit of denial there. You know, I thought, okay, well, we'll I'll try and, we'll, we'll try to get pregnant. I'll, I'll, you know, come off contraception and things like that. And, but I, still in my head, I was probably saying, well, it won't happen, you know, because everybody said, oh, you're too old now. It'll take years to get pregnant because you know, I'd left it quite late trying to work through all this stuff. <laughs> yeah. So I, I kind of thought, oh, yeah, we'll start trying and that'll be lovely. But I'll have a good couple of years. And then the, the first month I got pregnant and I was like, oh, my God, <laughs> which is really lovely. And I know how lucky I am for that to happen because um, it's hard for a lot of people. Mm. But that... I think my own denial probably got me through to think, oh, that won't happen. I'll just sign up to it. Yeah. Um, and, and then it did. So that that was another bit of a shock. I think I had a bit of a wobble at that point. Yeah. Not too much. And did you find that your fear, like a lot of women I work with, they're like, they're like, they, they want to keep a session in the bag for when they get pregnant. Because they, they work with me usually before pregnancy when they're planning in, in a way that like you did. And then yeah. they're like, but I want to wait until I'm pregnant. I want to keep a session back because because they just imagine at the minute they're pregnant, all these new fears are going to pile in and they're going to need help for that stuff. So was that what happened for you? Did you find that the minute you were pregnant, that that things changed or that new fears came along? Or, or were you like, oh, OK, so I'm actually pregnant. Like, what was that the moment that you found out like and how that looked from a fear perspective? I think that the moment I found out, I mean, 
I certainly I didn't speak for that whole evening. That wasn't a bit of shock. Yeah. Uh, and um, but after that cleared, actually I thought, oh, I still kind of feel the same. Like I'm okay. I I kind of imagined in my head the minute I got pregnant, this awful thing would happen. Yeah. Like you, you know, it would just I don't know what I thought would happen. I just thought it would it would feel unbearable and awful. Whereas actually then I, I found out I was pregnant and oh, I was still okay. I was still able to breathe. I, you know, there was nothing painful about it. It was okay. So that yeah. that wasn't like I expected it to be. And it was manageable then. The shock so, is quite something though, isn't it? I think I think even without fear, you go through you probably would go through that shock if it's an unplanned pregnancy. Yeah, yeah. And I mean that seems silly because it, it was planned and we were yeah. <laughs> I still acted as if it was this real shock that I'd never saw coming, even though obviously I did. Um but but yeah, it was I can't say I I loved being pregnant. I don't love being pregnant, but it was manageable. Like it it was almost I use this word quite a lot, but I don't mean it negatively, it was almost a kind of nothingness. Which to me is much better than the awfulness. <laughs> Yeah, that I'd imagined it being. Yeah, yeah. So you weren't this sort of, you know, you don't feel like you have this glowing, incredible, like Earth Mother kind of experience. It's just been like, just, just get me through it. This is just exhausting. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Like, like it, it's fine, it, and yeah. that's the best I can say of it. But actually, to be fine during it to me is amazing. Yeah, totally. Um. So yeah, it, it, maybe it's a shame that I'm not like this glowing, blooming person. But you are, but like I see you now and you do look that. <laughs> Thank you. I don't feel it inside, but that's nice. <laughs> but yeah, actually for it just to be fine and know that I, I can do it and I can manage it is more than I ever imagined possible. Yeah. So that's fine. And so the birth, you went, you took us through the, um, coming up to the birth then and like, you know, this is, was was, the, was your tocophobia one thing I didn't ask you which I shouldn't is was your tocophobia more about the fear of pregnancy or the fear of birth or was it a bit of both it was both yeah it, everything from beginning to end yeah terrified me it, it, so, okay so pregnancy ended up being being fine so what about the birth like coming up to the birth then what was that like for you as somebody that was facing the thing that's been terrorizing you so, yeah I mean there was anxiety there I can't lie about that. There, there were nerves there <laughs> as your coaches, as I think maybe most people would have yeah. a level of that, this unknown thing. Um, but I had really great support um, from the hospital and, and all the professionals. I think I'm really lucky, you know, what other people say, but it was so supportive. Um, and I went down the route of choosing an elective caesarean which still, although it seems like the easy option, it's still that that way of giving birth still terrified me as well. Both of them did. Yeah. In the beginning, that was just like the lesser of two evils. Yeah. So I went down that route. Um, so yeah, it was I was a bit nervous on the day. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but I, again, I I did it. And actually it I, I was sitting reading a magazine in the hospital waiting, you know. Not out of my mind. Yeah, 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 breathing into a bag. Yeah, I was, you know, sitting, yeah, on my phone, reading a magazine, just waiting for it to happen. I mean, it's not the most pleasurable experience, but it was was fine. And when you, um, 
So you would have asked for the, the elective C-section. You would have said, look, yeah. this is, talk, talk us through what that was like with the, you said you had a really good support team. So did you just yeah. sort of explain to them, hey, look, you know, I, this is, I just need to go through it, do it this way because it just makes it feel so much better. I've got fear around that, you know, like, did you just talk them through all that? And then they were they were they like, oh yeah, no problem. Yes, we can do that. That's fine. Is that how that was for you? Or yeah, I just I was really honest because I thought I I want all the support that I can get here, yeah. and I had well me being me and wanting to control everything before I'd even started trying to get pregnant. I'd spoken to an obstetrician to see just to make sure they do elective cesareans and that. There was no issue with that in my health board. Um, and she was like, yeah, of course you can. Totally your choice. You're the woman. It's up to you. There's no problem. We'll do that. So I'd already went in kind of knowing yeah. that, which I, I speak to a lot of women who don't know that. Yeah, they don't. They don't have a choice. And, and I think it's really important that people have a choice in how they do it. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I, I just said that. I, had the, I still have. I've got the same midwife this time as well. She's the best midwife in the world I would have asked for her aim for this one if I didn't have her and she was just so understanding and supportive and Mm. you know the word tocophobia is on my notes so that people and people seem to understand that the consultant talks about it I don't know how much she knows but she uses the words and yeah seems very understanding so it was never an issue brilliant um which I was really relieved about because I thought I might go into the hospital and kind of have a fight on my hands um, to get what I wanted but there's that's really good because you're right there's a lot of women and I get a lot of questions from women where they have a real worry about well I, I really need to have the c-section what if they don't give it to me what if I've got a you know fight you just don't want to have to fight yeah. on this journey because it's yeah. difficult enough as it is yeah so know that actually if you just ask for it you'll get it because well, that's a it. Really good reason to, to get a c-section you know yeah and and whether your choice is a home birth or or an elective cesarean it should be your choice and you Absolutely. shouldn't have to fight for yeah. what one you want to have. Yeah, yeah. So, and so what was your birth like? Like, you know, what was your C-section like? Like, how was that for you? The actual <clears throat> operation, like being in, in the theatre, you know, I, again, I, I suppose in my head over many years, I built it up to be this awful thing that <laughs> I would just die. I, I just always assumed I was going to die. <laughs> yeah. That, that was it or it'd be this horrifically painful thing that went on forever but actually every you know we were laughing and joking and everybody was so nice it was very relaxed there were 10 or 15 people in the theater I'd never been in a theater before I didn't know what they all did but you know they were all it was just lovely it was such a relaxed environment mm. um I was sitting listening you know the radio was on the anaesthetist was chatting away to me the whole time. The, the baby was literally out before I even realised they'd gone in. <laughs> it was so quick. Um, I felt nothing, absolutely nothing. Even I think one of my fears still up to the very end was kind of having the spinal injection yeah. in. That still scared me a lot. Um, I didn't feel it. It was amazing. <laughs> so it was quite sh- shocking in a way. Yeah. Oh, are we ready and then you know that, that the numbness again that was quite scary to me the thought of it before yeah it was all it was fine it, it was, so yeah so that moment then after you know you got your baby yeah and then maybe you took a moment at some point 
in that first few hours or days and you, you thought oh my god I never thought I'd be sitting here with with a bit like like I don't know talk me through that like that moment where it maybe just hit you what you what just how what what you'd achieved you know yeah I think yeah maybe for a lot of women certainly I was I suppose in a kind of state of shock for, for <laughs> yeah. like, still am. <laughs> yeah just the thought of having a newborn you know I think it, it's a bit of a shock to anybody <laughs> um, so it was an odd sensation, I guess, just to, okay, even in the sort of recovery in the hospital afterwards, just having this little baby lying next to me in, in the cot. I thought, oh, that's, that's strange. I, I don't know that I quite connected at first. Almost the fact that it was out of me. <laughs> um, so it was a strange sensation, but not an unpleasant one, just a shock for a good few days and did you kind of like take a moment to kind of pat yourself on the back and go look you you like you've just overcome one of the biggest fears of your life and look look I've got a bit like I don't know have you kind of had a word with yourself and given yourself a hug about that and I don't know like you know I, know, I don't know that I I don't know that I have actually done that and that's a good point because I guess that's probably one of my flaws is that I maybe don't stop and think what I've achieved um, but yeah, I mean, maybe more so in the second pregnancy, I've, I've kind of taken stock of that a little bit more. It's maybe taken me up to this time <laughs> to, <laughs> to do that, to think, wow, I've got a baby in here. I'm having another one. It's not just like the first one was a mistake. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm I'm... Up there. <laughs> like uh, I'm actively adding to that. I'm doing it again. Yeah. It seems in a way even more amazing to me. And so now is your like what you're about six to eight weeks away from another yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So how are you feeling now? Um yeah, how are you feeling now about what's what's ahead of you in terms of the birth? Yeah, the, the birth this time, I, I hope I know what to expect because I'm going the same route, it's the same, you know, midwife, yeah. same doctors. So there isn't that same level of yeah. of fear this time at all about the birth I think it's maybe there's a bit of fear around oh my goodness how am I going to manage a two-year-old and a newborn yeah, yeah. consumed actually by that yeah <laughs> um more so yeah but you know I've I've been in and out of of hospital and the clinics and everything like that um and not enjoyed it and loved it but managed it yeah. managed well um I, I was away for diabetes test the other day um which involved you know doing blood samples and all that kind of thing and I hated hated needles and the idea of that but then I went in myself and did it and it was fine I mean you're just a bit of a badass now aren't you really well I know I can do it um I've done it there's a different there isn't the same it's that unknown isn't it that this time I don't have the unknown but yeah things can always go wrong like you can't prepare for everything but it's that there's no unknown of you know having never been in a theater before or never had a spinal before or never been under anesthetic before you know I've kind of done all that now mm-hmm. and it's not something you choose to do every day but no you've done it yeah. year around it so thinking about well, putting on your kind of therapist hat on for a minute um and 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 kind of almost looking back at your own journey and maybe the way that that, that Tocafeva kind of showed up for you what kind of key themes were at the like 
made up your tachophobia. You've mentioned control a bit and the fear of the unknown and the uncertainty. And those are some very common themes that show up for women on this journey. But I'm yeah. just wondering if, you know, with, with your knowledge of, of, um, of the psyche, as it were, what, what, how would you describe how tachophobia presented for you? What kind of themes? Yeah, it was absolutely the fear of losing control. Yeah. Um, in lots of different ways. Losing control of my life that I like, losing control of my body and the changes. Um, losing control, you know, just when a baby comes and um, everything being out of control. And the unknown, the uncertainty of it all, which, which underpins all anxiety. Anyone who comes to therapy with anxiety it's a fear of the unknown and a, and a fear of loss of control. It's just kind of honed in on, on that specific thing, which is the phobia yeah. it's that one thing. Yeah, yeah. And so do you know why, Do you have you got any inklings as to why you, you know, some people have anxiety around the fear of the unknown and, and, and the things that we just talked about, but for you it showed up as tocophobia. Do you have an opinion as to why or thoughts as to why you you had tocophobia and maybe some other people don't is there anything in your life story that kind of would suggest that oh well this is probably where it came from or are you kind of a little bit well I'm still not really sure where this came from for me I think where are you at on that okay I, I think I'm I'm quite clear now why it would have cottoned onto that aspect okay. as opposed to other things um from as early as I can remember, my mum would describe what an awful, horrific birth she had with me that went on for days and it's it just an awful thing. And, and I think for a child to hear that, um, it's quite traumatising because, um, you know, that, that's a scary thing to hear and that just obviously stuck in my head. Um, and then was probably exacerbated by by that family member who'd also... Yeah, I think she was describing the baby getting stuck and things like that. And, you know, just horrible things yeah. that I probably shouldn't have heard at these ages. Yeah. Um, and that was just then how I assumed birth was. There was there was no alternative for me that birth could be could be a pleasurable experience or a positive experience in any way. Mm. Um, it was just awful and to be avoided at all costs. And, of course, reinforced by films and tv all the time (laughs) yeah everything (laughs) tells you how awful it is so so there was nothing else to to counter that argument you know so when your own mother is telling you that yeah and family members and then yeah wider society all the messages um yeah that it wasn't like there was an alternative option that it could be um, and so thinking about therapists that, that may be confronted with someone that is presenting with tocophobia, what, what do you have any advice or yeah, advice for them to kind of to help them better support those women should they be presented with somebody like that? I think first and foremost is, is take it really seriously, as, as seriously as you would any other fear or phobia. Mm. Um, because the the most awful thing when you go to talk to a professional is kind of being dismissed mm. you know like everyone feels like that oh, you'll be fine you'll manage yeah it's not taken seriously yeah um so i think really listening to the person's concerns mm. and getting a it, you know when i started working with you, you you kind of took a full history 
there were loads of questions. I can't remember them all now, but <laughs> loads. But I it kind of went back into the past and past experiences and past messages and also um, what were the fear, what were the actual fears? Because you can say a fear of pregnancy, but what is the fear? You know, for me it was needles, but it was also vomiting and being you know, morning sickness. It was something inside my body I couldn't get out when I wanted to. Be really yeah. specific and yeah. breaking the fears down, I think. And do you think having knowledge, like in-depth knowledge of ex- experience or yeah, of tocophobia is, is required? Like some of the women I'm and the reason I'm asking this is because a lot of women that I work with they say it just nobody understands because they don't understand that like, I don't they're not helping yeah. and so I'm just wondering with your perspective now that you know you've, you've experienced it you work in, in that field I, I do too but we, we've both experienced it yeah. and for me I think there's a really it's really important to understand it and it, it's, it's quite a unique condition in my view because because some people say phobias are irrational and therefore irrational being they don't make sense but this does make total sense because you can actually die from from yeah. birth and so maternal mortality rates are very high and they're even more so now um, than even when like, we, we worked together and so this isn't irrational this makes perfect sense um, yeah. for women but unless you really understand some of those intricacies of how this fear shows up and how what what that what the different elements of it are you know the, the, the different facets the different themes for me I feel like you know once you know what those themes are it's really easy to work through that very quickly with somebody yeah. whereas if you don't know the condition you could just be wandering around in the dark for a bit I don't what's your view on that definitely there has to you have to go to someone who has a a, an understanding of it because otherwise you you do need to be able to break it down yeah and if people haven't even heard of the word topophobia um how can they do that you you need to be able to not even just say a fear of pregnancy and or childbirth but what are these specific bits to it so that as you say you chunk it down and then you can work through it bit by bit which is how I did it yeah Um, because childbirth and pregnancies is very general there's a hundred aspects to that yeah yeah, no it's so huge Uh and I can be terrified of one bit but someone else would be terrified of a different bit that I'm not so it's really breaking it down to understand and and listen to that Mm. um and whilst you know I've been to other therapists they're very good and kind and and listen if they don't know what it is Mm. I'm not going to ask the right questions and, and get to the heart of it and so knowing what you know about the condition now and knowing what you know with your experience in therapy do you think that by simply the therapist just having a really good solid understanding of the condition and the tools and the therapy techniques that are available to them that this means that really you know women should be able to get the support they need or do you think that there are limits to potentially some of the techniques out there that mean that even with the understanding they might not be able to fully get what they need I mean what's your view on that I think I've, I've always believed even before I, I met you that there are hundreds of different types of therapies there are loads of different types we work in different ways and, and there are lots of different ways out there but it, it's unique to each individual person so you have to find the type of therapy that's right for you Mm. and works for you I think but as long as the therapist has an understanding of this condition um, I think that's what's important um, and you might find well that that way of working just isn't for me but another way is but, but it's the understanding of it and, and you know we have that in other areas as well you know and in the field I work with 
you know, you might specialise in eating disorders or OCD or depression. And you would go to someone who has more expertise in really specific areas. Why is tocophobia not one of them? Well, it's a good question. And that's what I hope that by having these conversations, that women, that therapists, that that, the professionals out there can better understand it so that more women can get the support they need. Because I think it's because the condition is so little talked about, so hardly known, even though it affects up to 35% of women. I mean, we're not talking small numbers here. This should be, everybody needs to know about this condition. It's, it's, you know, it's not a niche condition. It's, it's common in my view. And a lot of women that don't, because they avoid pregnancy, when, when people are researching this topic and understanding the prevalence rate of it, and all that, they immediately go to women that are pregnant, but obviously that's kind of, you've already limited the pool, you know, because there's yeah. a lot of women that have this that are never going to get pregnant. And yeah. so the real true number of women that have tocophobia is going to be far higher than any estimate that we see because they've eliminated, they're not asking the right people, they're not opening the net wide enough, in my view. No, you should be asking women who don't have children. Yeah, like why you have <laughs> kids, you know. Yeah. So, I, so I'm very grateful to you, Heather, to have this conversation with me so we can help everybody better understand what's going on and particularly for the women suffering from it who could think oh my god like you did oh my god I'm not alone I'm not I'm not crazy I yeah. thought I was a crazy person and I had it yeah. and I just thought I was a lost soul that was just yeah. like damaged beyond belief yeah it's a lost cause there's nothing done. so so thank you Heather for sharing your journey is there anything else that you'd like to maybe um impart any maybe advice for those that are suffering to move through this that can help them because I know that the one thing that that surprises me I know that there are some women that have it and they have no wish or desire to overcome it or get rid of it they, they kind of just want to keep it and go through the pregnancy I personally I don't understand that position because I'm like well why would you want to hold on to something that's so unpleasant but they, they that's their design so if that's what they want to do that's fine I'm just wondering if you could maybe speak to that Yes, sometimes people want to hold on to their fear, don't they? Because it is who they are. It, it, it's all they've ever known. And, and it's that fear of the unknown again. Mm. Well, if I don't have that fear, does that mean that I'd have to have lots of children or that I'd have to enjoy this? Or that, I, you know, I'd have to have a, a, a natural birth with, with no pain relief if that's not what you want to do? It's, you know, the fear, I guess, is, it can be a bit of an excuse in that as well. And, and it's just holding on to what you're familiar with, even when it's negative. But I would just urge people to, well, reach out, reach out for for help. Just talk, you know, to you, do your programme, reach out and and just make a start. It doesn't mean you have to have children. Just understand it so that you can make a decision not from a place of fear. That's the most important thing. And you might still decide you don't want kids and that's absolutely fine. But just don't not do it because of fear. Yeah, I've had a lot of women that want to work with me because they t- I want to make this this decision. Yes, well, that's I what I was need, thinking. Yeah, I, I just need to make this decision and I want to make it from a place where I know that 10 years down the line, I'm going to trust that decision and yes. live with it, not regret it. And if I make it from fear, I, I don't, I, I just don't know, I can't guarantee that I'm going to be able to live with this decision. Yeah. You know, once you're too old to have kids and you might change your mind, you're like, oh, that's really tough. I've also worked with women that needed to make peace with that. And I think that might be one reason why some women don't want to get rid of their tocophobia because they've maybe made some difficult decisions in the past. And if, if they get rid of it so now, it's like, well, what does that mean about the things I've done? You know, I've 
worked with women that have had several abortions of babies that they wanted and told their husband that they had a miscarriage each time. Mm. And so confronting, you know, maybe the guilt of doing that or making making sense of that. Yeah. It's easy to go, and no, no, I'm gonna stay stay with my fear because it, you know, otherwise who what does that make me? Yeah. And that, that's a difficult thing to come to terms with. Yeah. So it's easy to stay with fear. Well, yeah, it is because people it, it, it restricts your life in a way, but actually that keeping your life small is comfort. It's that comfort zone, isn't it? And if you've got a small comfort zone, you don't then have to push yourself. I mean, it, it would have been easier for me probably not to get pregnant and not research this in the first place and, and not challenge all that. But would it have been the right decision 10, 20 years' time? Would you would you still be with your partner if he... Yeah, what would that relationship be like? And, and yeah. what might I have missed out on? So my comfort zone has expanded hugely, which is scary because it's that familiar, but in a good way. Open up and talk to people about it and just see where it takes you. Well, Heather, thank you so much. I don't want to keep you any longer because it's way past your bedtime as a pregnant woman. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm very, very grateful for sharing your story and particularly to inspire other women there that are grappling with this fear, which is just um, just really intense, really intense. So thank you. Thank you very much. You're welcome. Lovely to talk to you. I hope you enjoyed listening to Heather sharing her story of overcoming tocophobia. And if you're interested in joining me on the group tocophobia programme, then head over to fearfreechildbirth.com and look for the tocophobia clearance group. And if you want to work one-to-one, then I have my tocophobia support programme, which is my most popular programme. All details can be found at the Fear Free Childbirth site. Just head over to the tab that says, how can I help you? Or I have tocophobia and you will find all the information there to help you. Until next time, bye for now. You've been listening to the Fear Free Childbirth podcast with me, Alexia Leachman. Fear Free Childbirth is the online destination for women seeking to take the fear out of pregnancy, birth, and beyond. With fear clearance meditations, self-healing products and courses, professional training, and specialist programs for overcoming tocophobia. And if you've enjoyed this episode, then check out the Fear Free Childbirth Mama Ship. It's a bit like Netflix, where you can binge on a boatload more Fear Free Childbirth content to inspire you on the journey to motherhood and beyond. More interviews, more birth stories, more expert wisdom. Visit fearfreechildbirth.com to find out more.